following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. One of the things that that uh, I really felt like the Lord impressed on me, and I think that it's really coming from the word that Pastor Dave and Pastor Bob already spoke, which I really thought that was cool, the way that God arranged that, that we got to kind of end the year in December and kick off the new year with words from um, really the fathers of the house. We really look to Bob and Dave as, as fatherly voices in the house, as, um, as people who have been through a lot. They've walked through a lot of leadership and carry a wisdom and an authority. And so it was cool to me that Dave kind of closed out the year with a word and then opened up the year, and Bob got a chance to also speak into that. And so I'm really going to continue on on a lot of what I feel like the Lord spoke uh, through them and kind of pick it up from there. Last week, Pastor Bob talked about the reality um, that what time is it? It's time to get ready. <laughs> his, his word was titled, Ready or Not, Here I Come. If you didn't hear it, it, it was uh, really a word of anticipation. And it, it had us kind of look at the reality that our ultimate hope is in the return of Jesus, that he's coming back, and that that is our reality. That's our anticipation. That's what we look to, and that our response to that is to make sure that we're ready. He shared the story of the ten virgins, the five wise, and the five foolish, and, and having the oil in our lamps, having the preparation that is needed for ushering in um, the return of Jesus. And then uh, Pastor Dave also spoke uh, about positioning ourselves for what's happening, for being ready. I love how he reclaimed the term, the great reset, uh, because how many of you know the enemy has a great reset planned? But how many of you know it's more important that God has a great reset planned? That he is moving and acting and has a, has a reset planned. And guess what? It's not even in response to that great reset. He's already got a plan. It's just not going to be thwarted by any other plan. And so I love how we reclaimed that and that we can be in, in anticipation of what God's doing in that. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I want to talk about that we are in a season of anticipation and preparation and what that looks like. And I'm hoping I can make some of that a little more tangible even. I feel like there's something to the, the apostolic word that, that really bring, causes us to look at heaven and to see these concepts and these realities of heaven. And then I love to go, what does that mean for us in our daily life? And what does that look like when we walk that out? I think mostly today we're going to be talking about anticipation um, because I just feel like that's what the Lord's doing today. I was going to kind of breeze through anticipation and land in preparation, but I think I'm going to take some time with anticipation today and probably next week, we're going to look more at preparation. So I know you don't really care where we're going, but it's important to me that I make that announcement so that we all know where we're going together. Okay, so 
we had a, a time leading up to this where we spent like two months on hope and on being over, you know, overflowing, filled to overflowing, abounding in hope. And we looked at that as the anticipation of good. And so I believe we've got a running start at anticipation. I believe that he's been working something on the inside of us where we have an expectation of good coming into this season and coming into this year, that God is about to do some amazing things, that he is doing some amazing things, and that he has declared war on hopelessness. He has declared war on anything that doesn't remember who he is. He's, he's declaring war on that in our lives. And so I believe he's going after this place of um, helping us to anticipate the good that he's about to do. Another thing that he's declaring war on is what I have come to call the weapons of mass distraction. You know what I'm talking about. It seems like what has come against us are weapons of mass distraction. There is distraction everywhere around us that wants us to become fixated, not on the anticipation of good, but the anticipation of, of more crisis, more trauma, more disappointment. And there's lots of other kinds of anticipation or uh, distraction happening in our lives that keep us from really focusing on the anticipation of what God wants to do. But I believe that this is a season of anticipation. When I'm answering the question, what time is it? It's time to get ready is my answer. <laughs> But there's no getting ready unless there's an anticipation on the inside of us. Nobody gets ready for something if, if they're not anticipating that something's going to happen. And so, you know, for example, at Christmas time, how many of your kids get up on Christmas morning at the most ungodly hour? Because, and, and because there's an anticipation in them. Those same kids might take five times to wake up for school or, or chores or whatever, but on Christmas morning, there's this anticipation, and they're awakened early. I feel like we're in a season right now where God is awakening, awakening us to anticipation. I'm becoming awakened. I'm, I'm even physically waking up early and, and laying there and thinking about, oh, God, I know this is what you're doing and I'm beginning to ask him, how do you want me to prepare for this? God, I see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm awakened with anticipation for what you're doing in my family. How do you want me to prepare for this? And so I believe one of the questions we can ask, ask ourselves is, am I awakened with anticipation? Is there, is there something on the inside of me that is awake to the reality of what God is doing on the earth and what he wants to do on the earth. The other piece is there's a connection between anticipation and preparation. We're supposed to be getting ready, and to be able to do that, we need to anticipate. One of the clearest areas that we see that is when you're expecting, literally, right? When somebody is expecting, when there's a new life coming, there's, there's an anticipation for that, and there's all this preparation that goes on. It changes what you eat, maybe, for most people. It changes 
the things that you think about and the plans that you make. We were going to do that vacation. Oh, but now we can't or shouldn't because we're expecting something. There's a preparation that comes where you begin to gather things that you're going to need for the season that is to come. There's a preparation when you're expecting and when you're anticipating and you slowly begin to tell people. Are we telling people what we're expecting? Are we telling people what we're anticipating? I can tell you that um, if I'm not, it's because I'm not really sure yet, <laughs> right? But we can say, you don't, you don't have to say, um, in order to tell someone you're expecting, you don't have to say, oh, we're going to have a girl, she's going to have blue eyes and blonde hair, and she's going to be named Phoebe. I don't know where that came from. You know, like you don't, you don't have to know all those details to begin to tell people you're expecting. How tall will she be? Oh, she'll be, no, you don't have to know all that. You can begin to tell people, I'm expecting good here. And you can entrust people with that. And then guess what? They help you prepare also. When you begin to tell them, I'm expecting this good in my family. I'm expecting for God to meet us here. And so we want to have that anticipation of expectation. And we want it to change the things that we do. Because when we are actually anticipating something, it does change what we do. Because now there's a preparation going on. So our anticipation in this case, and what we're talking about here, our anticipation is connected to the revelation and the belief that God is on the move. That what we sang in that last song, which can I just say is super cool, when our, I need to tell you, we do not talk to our worship leaders about our sermon. We don't say, partly because we don't really know very much in advance, but we don't say to our worship leaders, hey, I'm preaching on this. Can you do some songs that have words about movement and God working and whatever? And so it was really cool when Josiah goes, here's my song list, and I go, awesome, because here's what I'm preaching on. But anyway, that's an aside. It's one of the reasons we know we can expect that God's moving, because he's speaking to more than one of us. But there's there's uh, an anticipation for us when we truly believe that God is on the move. Do we believe that God is on the move in this season? Here's a, a story that I want us to look at. And this is a place that um, the Lord brings me sometimes. These stories are the Old Testament and just has me sit in them for a little bit. And he lets, kind of speaks to me. So we're going to look at this story in Joshua. We talked about this a little bit at our 30-year um, anniversary service. This reality of the Israelites crossing the Jordan and getting ready to cross the Jordan. And that, that they were uh, facing things. The miracle that they needed from God wasn't always the same. That yes, he had showed up in this way before, but now we're facing something different and that they had to be connected not just to, I know God will do this thing, but they had to be connected to, I know this is who God is and he's faithful, even when I'm facing a wall instead of the sea. Right? So that was, that was the 30th anniversary piece, a little bit of that. But I, I wanted to talk about it a little more today because I feel like it gives us a really good picture 
of anticipation and preparation. If we look at Joshua 2.10, it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord God is giving you to possess. This is the, the word of the Lord to, to us today. Tell the people, prepare. Because shortly, you're going to cross the Jordan and you're going to step into the land that I'm giving you to possess. This is the anticipation that we have. God is saying to Joshua and tell the other leaders and to the people, I'm about to move. Get ready. And I believe that that's what the Lord is speaking to us right now in the words that uh, Dave brought, in the words that Bob brought. I'm about to move. Get ready. So we have this first thing. He says, prepare. Prepare why? Because we have anticipation that God is on the move. So then um, he sends spies into the land. We're not going to read that whole piece. He sends spies into the land to check it out the land that he's about to take. And then in uh, chapter 2, verse 24, the spies come back, and they say to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. So we need to believe the report <laughs> that truly God has delivered this land. That the enemy has nothing in his move that can overcome the move of God and that what God already intends to do. So we believe that God has delivered the land into our hands. Here's this anticipation. So what's interesting to me is they had to sneak out of the land that God was about to deliver, but yet they had an anticipation that God says, yes, this is our land. So with that anticipation in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, because he's awakened with anticipation. Right now you're all asking me if I'm saying we should all get up early to pray or something. But, but no, it's, I just want to make sure we're awakened with anticipation, that, that we aren't slumbering as God is saying, I'm moving. I'm about to move in a major way. So Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of, the Israel, of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. And so it was that after three days the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, you shall set out from your place and go after it. So we have in the story the reality that God says, I'm about to move. And so everybody is preparing and they're getting ready. And then he says, when you see my presence moving, follow it. And this is, this is what we should be looking for. These places where we see the movement of God. Because otherwise, the danger, there's a, there's a couple different dangers in this. Number one, I want to move because God's moving. 
I don't want to move in reaction to the movement of the enemy. So he's saying, don't move until you see my presence moving. And there are places where God is beginning to move and people are seeing his presence and they're following him into that. But we want to make sure that what we're following in his, is his presence. We are not a people who's, who's where the presence of the Lord is with us. We're a people where, who are led by the presence of the Lord. I mean, his presence is with us. But we, we are led by that presence. We're led by his movement. So I'm not going to move until he does. But as soon as I see his presence moving, I'm going to move. And so here's one of the pieces we need to recognize when it's time to move, because that's where we're coming. There are some obstacles to that. A couple obstacles to that is that it's not convenient. And it's not very comfortable. Because sometimes we can get we can get really comfortable in the place that we're at. The other obstacle can be familiarity. We're kind of used to where we've been, even though it's a little bit the wilderness. We, we've kind of got a system going for how we operate in this place, and, and we can be familiar, and we don't necessarily like change. And, and what's really awesome is that this last season we've been through has kind of eliminated those obstacles. How many of you have felt very convenienced lately? Not so much. How about comfortable? Are we really comfortable? Not a lot. Does anything feel very familiar to you right now? Not really. So isn't it good of God to remove some of those obstacles for us moving with him and anticipating that he's going to move and being ready to follow? But there's another obstacle And one of them that I do think the Lord's helping us to overcome, and that is extended seasons of disappointment. That there are places where we have had disappointment, where where we've, we've not seen the fullness of what we want to see. And so sometimes when we see God moving and we see his presence moving, there's this like, ah, I don't know. Can I anticipate good in this? Can I anticipate that this is going to be good and that, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do? And I believe that's one of the things that the Lord's dealing with us right now as he's building this anticipation in us, that he's helping us see the places that we've lost sight of the promise, where we've lost sight of what he's spoken to us can I encourage you to pull out prophetic words that you've had? Not not because there aren't fresh things coming, because there are. In fact, that's probably kind of where we're going next, is to to, uh, give space for God to speak in this season and, and to hear what he has to say and to dream again with him and to have him put some things inside of us for the land that he's leading us to possess to know what it is we're anticipating. But can I just encourage you to remember the faithfulness of God, even in the midst of that, so that when you, so in your preparation right now, you are ready to move when you see the presence of the Lord moving out in front of us. 
so that you're not held back by any of these things, by convenience or comfort or familiarity or disappointment from the past. We want to be ready to move. So that was the direction that he gave. That when you see his presence move, step out and follow it. And then it's interesting, he says, yet there shall be a space between you about 200 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. This is why we are led by the presence of God. This is why we stay, we stay connected to it within a distance where we can see it, because we have not gone this way before. But we can trust with anticipation where he's taking us. So then after that, after those instructions, what to do when God begins to move, then he says to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And this is, this is the piece of preparation that I'm going to talk about more next week. There is a preparation of consecration that I believe that God is calling us into. He's saying, anticipate that I'm moving. Anticipate that I'm, I'm going to be working on your behalf. There's something that I'm about to do. Be ready to follow my presence. But as you get ready for that, consecrate yourselves. Set yourself apart for this purpose. Set yourself apart for the, the preparation of what I'm about to do. And that's something that I want us to be able to go after together. So here's how I know that God is about to move. <laughs> Not just because of a verse in, in Joshua or because I can feel that anticipation, but because of what it says in Romans 5.20. It says, where sin abounds... <laughs> Grace abounds even more. So we need to recognize that Jesus changed the math of that equation. That before Jesus, when sin abounded everywhere around, when sin abounded in a nation, when sin abounded in someone's life, what abounded with that was punishment and death and separation. <laughs> but we know that because of Jesus, when sin abounds, the response to that now is a grace. When sin abounds, now the response is God is a pursuer of people. Because of what Jesus did, it shifted that equation. So when sin, defined as missing the mark, evil, error, unrighteousness, or the aggregate of wrongs committed by a person or group, when that abounds... My grace abounds even more. And the word for grace there is charis, said differently with something in the back of your throat that I can't do. Um, but it means a leaning in to share his benefit. This is, this is how I know that God's about to move because he says when sin is abounding, I abound even more with grace. I abound with a leaning in to share his benefit a reaching, inclining towards his people because he's disposed to bless them, an undeserved favor. We need to know 
that that is what God's response is to this time. That when sin is abounding, this is exactly the place where he likes to show up and he likes to make sure that we know that he is the name above every other name. That when sin is abounding, when it seems like darkness is abounding, and by the way, it's not. I've got all these statistics that I'm just not going to be able to share today, but we'll talk about it next week maybe. The reality is God is abounding with his grace. And we know that in this season, this is the perfect opportunity for his grace to abound, that he is a pursuer of people, that he is in pursuit. Aren't you grateful? We cannot look with eyes that don't recognize this. We cannot look at what's going on around us, in our families, in our lives, without this anticipation that his response to what's going on is pursuit and grace. Amen? Okay. We have so much more to do next week. I'm so excited. All right. So here's what I want us to do. Um, As we close... I just want us to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to stir anticipation in us. That his grace is abounding in this season. And I just want to um, commit ourselves to that anticipation and to the preparation of what he wants to do. Can we do that together? Okay. Can we stand So, Lord, we thank you that you are on the move. We thank you that you are stirring an anticipation in us that is an anticipation of what you're doing and not what anyone else is doing. We thank you that we have uh, the instructions from you to watch for your presence and to see when it's moving and to step in line with it. We want to partner with that. So, God, we ask that you would uh, continue to help us to anticipate what you want to do so that we can prepare for that, so we can consecrate ourselves, that you're going to move mightily on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, that prodigals are going to come home, that people are going to return to faith and relationship. We thank you, God, that prayers that have been prayed for years are going to be answered. We thank you that people who have cried out for moves of the Holy Spirit in their churches are going to see that. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to see a harvest, both in fruitfulness in our lives and of souls, that you are bringing a harvest into the body of Christ. We thank you, God, that for those that have experienced loss, you are redeeming that. You are restoring that. You're bringing healing to those places of loss. And that you're bringing restoration, God. That you're going to restore all that was was taken in that. That you're going to renew in them a sense of anticipation for what you want to do. We thank you, God, that you are going to give us a generation. That there is a generation that is feeling lost, but you're going to give us that generation 
that they are going to be on fire for you, that they are going to be ones that are leading us into deeper places of passion. God, that you're going to come in and arrest their lives with your great love and your truth. We thank you, God, that they're going to be attracted to truth more than they are to lies. We thank you, God, that you're giving us a generation to transform them. Why? Because where sin abounds, grace abounds more. We thank you, God, that we're going to hear the Holy Spirit more clearly and obey more quickly in this season. We thank you for the supernatural unity that you're going to bring. Where we see dissension and disunity, we thank you that you are coming in to bring a unity that comes only for you, from you. We thank you for unity in our families and in our churches, God. Unity in the churches of the community, where we serve one another, where we serve even the places where you're moving in their church and not in ours, but that we'd come alongside to serve it. We thank you, God, that you're bringing wholeness to families and relationships. God, we thank you for healing, physical healing happening, that you're upgrading our faith, that you're helping us to step into the reality of that more and more. We thank you for boldness to pray big, impossible prayers because of our anticipation of what you're doing. God, we thank you that we are about to take a land that we've never taken before. We say yes to that. We anticipate that, and we commit ourselves to getting ready because we know that you're about to move. We thank you, God, that you've never stopped moving. <laughs> but we thank you for the, uh, the greater um, awareness of your movement, and we thank you for the greater influence of your movement in this season. And we're committed to following your presence. That we will move from the position we're in to the place that we're going when you're, we see your presence moving there. We thank you for the privilege that we have to go there together as a, as a body. And we thank you for each individual place that you've called each one individually to go. May we speak the language of expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.